Welcome to the Voices in Recovery podcast. Voices in Recovery is produced by Freedom's Path Recovery Society, a registered Canadian charity. If you enjoy the podcast, please consider a donation at www.freedomspathrecoverysociety.ca. All donations go directly to assisting Freedom's Path in providing services free of charge and helps us keep the podcast going. We are grateful for any and all donations. This podcast discusses difficult topics such as childhood abuse, drug and alcohol use, sexuality, sexualized trauma, and more. If you are under the age of 18, please speak with your legal guardian prior to listening. The opinions expressed during the podcast are those of the individual and not those of Voices in Recovery or Freedom's Path Recovery Society. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoy the podcast. This podcast is being recorded on the traditional land of the Blackfoot Confederacy. This consists of the Kainai, Pekani, Siksika, and the Blackfeet in the U.S. We acknowledge the Stony Nakoda, which consists of the Bearspaw, Morley, and Chinookie. We acknowledge the Satuna, who are Dene, and the Métis, Inuit, status and non-status from all of Turtle Island, and those who are visiting. We are all treaty people. Yeah. <laughs> it's got to be weird shit, because everyone expects us to be weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Just kidding. Okay. <laughs> oh, nice, man. I'm, I'm good with weird. Right on, dude. Um, weird. Ever since I found out, uh, like, the textbook definition of weird, Yeah. I was like, yeah, I, I dig weird yeah. a lot, actually. Yeah, man. It's like, it's some it, of our MO, man. It has to do with, uh, like, the supernatural, actually. Oh, okay. Like, the dictionary definition. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. I had no idea. I yeah. just always knew that I was weird. That's all I knew. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, same. <laughs> yeah. Because. <laughs> um, right on. Um, being born in Colombia. Okay. Um, there was just. Um, yeah. Like since I was born, um, I just always had this like uh, almost like resistance to like being told what to do. Mm hmm. Um, and, uh, I, it was, it was funny, um, watching like, cause my, my grandma used to love taking pictures and like recording like mm -hmm. home videos and stuff. And, um, and she, she had this one video of like one of my early birthdays, um, and there was salsa music on. And so like the frame, like went by and there was like, you could see my, my friends and they're like just little kids like dancing like salsa mm. properly. So it like looked kind of adorable. Just like That's them, super cute. like doing the actual steps and like yeah. having the actual feel for it. And then the frame keeps going until it let, I like, I come into the frame and I'm just doing some sort of like freestyle, like head banging stuff, yeah. you know, like, um, going for it. Yeah. 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 So dude, it's however the yeah. music moves you, man. Yeah. It yeah. moves like different for some of us, right? Mm -hmm. Well, I think it moves different for everybody, and for some people, it moves in a weird, strange current through them, right? Like, yeah. So, like, I only recently actually learned how to dance salsa willingly. Oh, okay. So you <laughs> just finally accepted it. Well, it it felt like there was an expectation for me to like know how to do it because mm. of where I was born. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's what was like always getting in the way for me. It was like the expectations yeah. that I had to be a certain way. Um, because once I, like, I feel, I feel like I finally like felt like there wasn't that expectation anymore. Mm -hmm. And so I could genuinely enjoy it. Do it freely, right? Yeah. 
yeah without cool. the expectation of like yeah <laughs> yeah how, how how long ago did you come here from Colombia, man um i think well actually let's go back been... a second like what's Colombia like what was growing up in Colombia like because i have no fucking idea <laughs> um it was really interesting um yeah because most people there are catholic okay so um, i didn't so know it was, was catholic yeah, so yeah. that that's kind of something that I feel like definitely influences, um, like people's behavior to mm -hmm. to a lot yeah. of, of a degree. Um, but I also like, I don't know. I I went to Catholic school over there, like private school. So um, because uh, of my grades, like my sister's grades, mm -hmm. like since like very little um which seems kind of silly like grading little kids but yeah i know but we do but, it anyway yeah, but, so yeah. but uh we want to make you feel good and bad at the same time <laughs> but but because of that uh my parents were able to get me like a scholarship to like a private school mm -hmm. um which we couldn't afford um because my dad's side of the family wasn't that wealthy and mm -hmm. then my mom's side of the family was more wealthy but um yeah so that was kind of where i was born into okay um yeah did and, you start uh, playing music like right away man like when you were a kid and, uh there's a there's a picture of me like singing a song uh by this colombian artist called carlos vives okay um it's called la gota fria mm -hmm. uh, apparently i would sing this song like all the time do you still know um, the song? and or? i have uh i i know parts of it yeah, but I used to know it like the whole thing apparently, and I had this like fake guitar with like a little fake mic. Oh, nice! And apparently, yeah, I used to do that a lot. But yeah. for most of my life, I like had a really weird connection with music because mm. I felt like disconnected from it, mm. um, just because of that thing about like dancing also. Yeah. Um, and it was really interesting um, when I was actually getting into music. Um, it was through friends in high school because like I also like I remember getting in trouble in like grade six or seven when I uh, Maybe you know, it was like seven or eight. Yeah, were you uh, here like in Canada? Year, yeah, I was already here in Canada okay. and like there was an assignment in like uh, English class um, and, and the assignment was to write uh, something about your favorite song Mm -hmm. And I was like, I don't have a favorite song, so like, why? So maybe I'll write about how I don't have a favorite song, mm -hmm. and that'll, you know, like at least I'm doing the assignment. And mm -hmm. I got in trouble because the teacher was like, "You, what do you mean you don't have a favorite song? Just mm -hmm. pick one." I'm like, yeah. and I was like, "But I don't. So what do you want me to do? Lie?" Like, yeah. So, oh yeah, they want you to lie for sure. So, so, so I was, she's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah like." <laughs> so. So yeah, it was really interesting uh, because that happened there, and then also in my post-secondary uh, schooling and like my social classes, I was always like challenging thought and like mm. structure. Um, and uh, and it was funny because like I uh, at the beginning of my post-secondary, uh, well not the beginning because I went to art school and mm. I got kicked out. <laughs> Or pushing the boundaries, and of course, man. and then there's got to be people doing that. Man. I went into psychology. Um, uh, I wanted to go into philosophy at first, but I ended up going with psychology because I noticed all uh, philosophers 
that don't have a philosophy degree. They have some sort of science yeah. degree or math degree or something like yeah. that. And uh, it usually connects and coincides with some of those other degrees. Yeah. yeah so I figured, yeah. you know, like studying the mind would probably be like a good um, way to go to try and like make sense of it all kind of mm -hmm. thing. Um, because I felt like that was also part of my driving, like my mm -hmm. core drive was like finding out what it's all about and what the truth behind it all is. Uh, okay. Um, yeah. And I feel like that's also part of my like willingness to like push boundaries. It's yeah. like, yeah. you're telling me this, uh, this is like what the truth is, but I don't know if like, I fully believe that, like, I mm -hmm. want to find out yeah. kind of thing. Well, and what if it's only a version of the truth? Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, um, yeah, I, I got kind of get to cut the rail from the that's okay. The trail of uh, thought there. Yeah, you were talking about um, uh, school, and then you you were um, you decided on psychology, and studying mm -hmm. the mind would be helpful for you. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you stay in psychology, or did you get kicked out of that for pushing boundaries? No, oh, that's what, what I was what that going. means is usually when you're in psychology, you push boundaries, it means you fucked a patient, dude. So, so, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, I'm just kidding. So, that, I, you reminded me of where I was going because, right. um, so, I ended up having, like, these, like, kind of arguments with my philosophy instructors because they would be, like, grading me and giving me, like, shitty grades, mm -hmm. but... I would like talk to them about it and they'd be like, look, man, like this is great because they wanted to talk to me. They were like, mm -hmm. this is great stuff, but like, it's not what the assignment is asking. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, what do you mean? So like, it was, it was really interesting for me to uh, have these conversations and find out that like I could come up cause I came up with a formula after mm -hmm. like having conversations with like my philosophy instructors, my theology instructors, most of all, because those were the thoughts that I like, I was like, am I not supposed to be challenging the thoughts? Like always, because it, it's like part of what it is, right? Like oh, yeah. the, the love of knowledge, which is philosophy is uh, being able to challenge thought and like always and find out what the truth behind it really is kind of thing, or at mm -hmm. least try to. Um, and, uh, and so I went from getting shitty grades to like getting a philosophy scholarship while I was in the psychology program mm -hmm. because I was a, a philosophy minor um, and um, that I didn't even apply for because I came yeah. up with this formula and it was like regurgitate 90% and then 10% is just my own thought. Mm -hmm. And I started getting A's. Mm -hmm. That's a good formula, man. Yeah. That's what they want, dude. Yeah, so 100%. It's, it's really interesting. But yeah, uh, but yeah no, even um, even though, like, yeah, like, uh, I've always had that um, that w uh, willingness to push the boundaries and mm. ask questions and, like... Right on. Yeah. Cool, man. So, yeah. So then how did that lead into, like, music or what, like... How did, did you, have you tied in the psychology to music? So the thing is like, I found like a, like a really big power in, in music. Mm -hmm. Um, because I found like myself, self, like repeating stupid stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, and I was like, why am I even saying this? And I was like, oh, it's because of the rhythm. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't know if you've, <laughs> if you've ever had that where it's like, 
uh, like a song that probably should be canceled, a mm -hmm. song that probably, you know, and it's like, yeah. why, why is this like kind of good? And like, I'm like repeating this, right? Yeah. It's like getting into my subconscious and I'm like, this is like it's rhythm, baby. It's, it's, yeah, but it's, it's exactly that, right? Like yeah. there's some great songs out there also with some like, kind of like negative self-talk mm -hmm. in the midst of it and yeah. like um yeah that's also one of the reasons why like even when i did get into uh worship uh in terms of like because uh, music is also part of worship mm -hmm. and that's kind of how i see it it's like we're okay. like we're worshiping this like some aspect of this reality mm -hmm. um whether it be like um, beauty, um, sadness, uh, grief, uh, like mm -hmm. we're like putting it on a stage and like making it as beautiful as it can be. And then like, yeah. we're like, uh, e both caught up in the worship of that part of reality. Mm -hmm. And also like we worship it. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. So yeah. Music's a trip, man. Yeah. So that, that's like, kind of why, like, I, I like, I found myself um, when I was in art school still, actually, because that's when I started to get interested in music, uh, like to play music. Because yeah. like there was, I I got interested in music first in high school through like a friend of mine um, that like he was so into music, and uh, and his favorite band was the Beatles. Okay. And that's also around the time when I started to smoke weed, and then I was like. Um, my perception was being like expanded in certain regards. And mm -hmm. then I, I like listened to the Beatles stone for the first time. And I was like, Whoa, what, mm -hmm. what the fuck? Like, this is kind of, it's a trip, man. It's different, right? Oh, yeah. Like different, especially from yeah. where I was born into. And like, there was this sense of like rebellion to, to the music. Yeah. Um, and it was like, I, I find like the Beatles and the Rolling Stones, um, were some bands that were bringing African-American music mm -hmm. into the mainstream, which was all mm -hmm. uh, dominated by Caucasian artists yeah. at the time, and the, the like music industry or whatever. Well, literally right? so, the stereotypical Caucasian heterosexual heteronormative artist, right? Yeah. 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 yeah so, but that's what we needed to get the music in. Exactly. Right? Yeah. 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 It so was like that, a vessel for it. Yeah, and, and the Rolling Stones were great at, mm -hmm. like, also, like, making a thing about it. Like, they yeah. they uh, they worked with, like, Howlin' Wolf and, like, mm -hmm. a bunch of these artists that they, like, originally covered. Yeah. And then afterwards, they were like, hey, guys, like, this is why we do the things we do. And mm -hmm. they, like, actually gave them a chance to uh, be showcased on some shows wow. for the first time ever, yeah. actually. Oh, right on. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, and those, those are the things that I don't, I don't know about, right? Like you just kind of take for granted that that's where the music comes from. You, mm -hmm. you know it does because that's, and that's how, what we've always done. And by we, I mean the culture, right? It's like, just take it, you know? And, but thankfully it's now being a resurgence of people giving credit to where it comes from. Yeah. Right? Like yeah, much yeah. more, much more of that happening now. Yeah. And that, that's one of the things that like really got me interested in music because then I was like, okay, these are the guys that are like, this is like the outcome. Mm -hmm. And then, cause, cause then I started to like get into like Led Zeppelin and mm -hmm. like all these like 
rock bands that were just like blowing my mind and I was like yeah what is this and I like was actually really really enjoying it um mm. and um and so there was a point um in my music journey where like I I started to find that out mm-hmm. and then like there's also like Led Zeppelin songs that are covers from like uh, african-american artists as well mm-hmm. and i was like wait what yeah. and so like i started to really like dig mm-hmm. but what was funny also was like when i started to learn music i i found like uh like basic blues and uh which was w- what i was kind of more drawn to at first mm-hmm. it didn't engage me when i was learning it and it was difficult for me for some reason and so like i found like through just like looking to see what like drew me in uh bossa nova was mm-hmm. actually the one of the first genres that i actually like could sit my ass down and like okay actually spend time with and like bossa nova yeah bossa nova what's that it's a brazilian genre of music okay that is like a uh, marriage between uh brazilian jazz and samba okay yeah. All right. So it's jazzy and like it's got that kind of samba feel to it. Mm, okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, and that really, really like drew me in, and that's yeah. like where I started to, um, like try to learn covers, and then mm-hmm. I would just get distracted making something else. Yeah. Because I was just like, I wonder if I could do this with that. Mm-hmm. Also. Yeah. Yeah. Cool, man. It's like experimental, right? Like and yeah. So so a lot of like the the original stuff that I was making, very experimental, mm-hmm. very raw. Like um, some jumps that like some musicians would be like, "Oh shit, you're jumping like uh, you're like changing the root note." And I was like, "Wait, what? What does that even mm-hmm. mean?" <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> the thing was like, I I never um, like I did take some lessons like. Cause I also skateboard and, um, uh, one of the first times that I took lessons was when I had to get surgery on my ankle because I fractured and, mm-hmm. uh, had to take some time off. So yeah. I couldn't do anything. And my parents were like, well, you, you want to take some lessons? And like, that's, I wasn't fully into like music then because mm-hmm. it felt also like I was like expected to learn something mm-hmm. and just regurgitate it yeah um and how dare you make me learn (laughs) well it's i found out it wasn't the learning it was mostly the expectation of having it to be a certain way so that you could pass yeah yeah instead of like just what i can make of the the things that are already there Mm -hmm. kind of thing yeah yeah cool man Mm -hmm. cool so if you're just checking us out now, we didn't introduce him in the beginning, but I'll introduce him now. We have uh, Juan Castro on the podcast. I just got caught up talking to you. So yeah, I yeah. I forgot about it till like right now. So if you're wondering who this cat is that we're talking to, yeah. it's uh, his name is Juan Castro. He's a musician, uh, and he's going to be a part of our open house fundraiser in March. Um, so thanks for doing that, and thanks for doing this, man. Thanks for coming in. Yeah, no, it's a pleasure. Yeah. I'm really enjoying getting out there and sharing um yeah like cool uh what i've been making yeah right on man i'm glad to hear it and so like so over the last few years like what's what's it been like for you now like as you 
I guess I wouldn't say perfected because maybe like an artist, it's never perfect. But like, what is it? What do you do now to, I guess, continually be creative in your music? Like, how does that look now? What do I do to continually be creative? Yeah, like, do you, are you doing shows every, like all the time, or do you have an album? Like those um, kinds of things. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, in the past uh, five years, a lot has happened. Yeah. <laughs> so cool. Yeah, it's a good because, five years to talk about. So because. Uh, <laughs> Like right before COVID, I was like building momentum with some of that like mm -hmm. experimental stuff that I had been making because um, it really made people kind of like turn and be like, what is this? And like, mm -hmm. who is this? And like, yeah. then really listen to what I was saying, because that's like what the power I saw in music was mm -hmm. like having people like sometimes like not realizing that they're like having something ingrained in their mind just mm -hmm. because it sounds good uh, you know yeah. and like and so I tried to yeah just like really focus on like kind of using that aspect of music mm -hmm. to draw people's attention in to listen what to what I yeah. wanted to say yeah um, so it's always been kind of like a vehicle for a message for me okay um, and so if you could if you could tell, tell us the message that it's a vehicle for what, what's the message uh, it, it depends, honestly. Uh, like, I find a lot of times it's, uh, it's, a, it's a form of, like, worship, like mm -hmm. I said, for, like, yeah. different aspects of reality. Um, and um, So when you say worship of reality, do you mean, like, the lyrics are connected to, like, that, that state of worship, almost like a prayer to reality like, kind of thing? Or Yeah, yeah. Like, okay. I, I, I always uh, try to... In, like acknowledge like even like negative feelings but mm. also kind of um balance it out with like uh like a sense of freedom mm. and like a yearning for change and like all these things that like are also like inherent to human nature and that's how we've like mm. come to points where we make progress every now and then yeah, yeah. that's a cool message yeah. Well, because that's what, and, and oddly enough, that's what, like, we're all about, right? Like, we're... Yeah, that's what I was, like, because yeah. um, the thing is, like, because, so, um, I'll, I'll back up a little yeah. bit, and then I'll catch up to what I, what Go that made it, me want to say, but, um, so, so, yeah, right before COVID happened, I was working on that, and then um, I was noticing that because I saw it as a vehicle for a message, uh, I was, like, why are protests not using this? Mm -hmm. Because at the time, uh, Greta Thunberg was like big. Like mm -hmm. people were really talking about Greta Thunberg and yeah. sustainability and the fights for change movement that she started and all that. And so um, I've always been really um, aware of mm -hmm. uh, like just what we do to the environment to... Mm -hmm sustain ourselves and what that means for us and the environment kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, so, so I was like, oh, this is great. Like, you know, thousands of people meeting up in every city every mm -hmm. Friday, like sometimes millions. I was like, cool, I want to check out what it's like in Calgary. Mm -hmm. And I go to City Hall and it's like 10 people, like, like four high school kids, maybe two or three post-secondary and mm -hmm. the rest like old hippies. Yeah. And I was like, wait a second, this is not what I'm seeing in the rest of the world. Yeah. Um, and Well, and this is like the Texas of Canada. 
Big time. So oil country, right? Yeah. So it kind of made sense, but also sadly, that's true. But yeah, but but I, but I also noticed, um, and there's some great things about uh, this place. Don't get me wrong. Hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, I, but I live here. I like it. Like, yeah. Obviously yeah, enough to a stay lot of, here. Right? Yeah. There's a lot of yeah. amazing things. But there's um, also some not so amazing things. About yeah. It, and so, but sure. but what I noticed like was that um, in these protests, a lot of the times the energy is like we want change now. We mm-hmm. and it comes across with like this like angry energy so like the thing is like when you come across with that kind of energy regardless of what you're trying to do mm-hmm. it's not always going to come across in the way that you intend it to be exactly it can get really like lost the message can get lost yeah yeah so so i was like there's an opportunity here mm-hmm. to change the like keep the message mm-hmm. but change the delivery and so I came up with this concept called harmony for sustainability. And so because I had been building connections within the music industry and I knew certain people that also felt that connection mm-hmm. to nature and the environment and sustainability, um, I, I just mentioned the idea. They were like, nice, yeah. awesome, we're down. And so I like reach out to all the little, because there was a bunch of little activist groups that had the yeah. same intent. But um, like some of them knew about each other, some didn't even know that yeah. the others existed. And I was like, went to each other meetings, and I was like, so there's all these other groups. Why don't we all get together? The more, the better. Mm-hmm. And also, yeah, just like work together to like for because we're all kind of in the same boat. Yeah. And so first that happened, and then when that happened, I was like, how about we? try to get some artists that are like down for the same cause mm-hmm. together and we can make uh, a kind of uh, side of the like the protest mm-hmm. that is all delivered through like art and yeah. music and kind yeah. of thing and they're like oh that sounds really cool so but of course like you know you say something people are like oh that's really cool but if you don't do anything about it like it goes no- away. Yeah, yeah nothing happens so yeah. like i i put um, I, I had in mind to put together three shows, mm-hmm. um, but I was only able to do one, but that was enough mm-hmm. to like blow all these people's minds away. They were like, yeah, this is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, the artists were super stoked. The other two dates fell through because it just didn't work with the ar- other artists that I wanted to work with. Mm-hmm. But um, regardless of that, and regardless of the fact that I was like, about to lose hope i was like oh shit it's not gonna happen because my 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 vision was like okay we're gonna do three so we can build momentum Mm -hmm. and then we'll have a big one yeah like a blowout yeah Yeah, exactly just build up the buzz and like Mm -hmm. uh blow it up kind of thing and then we'll really have like you know a decent amount of people (laughs) totally (laughs) and uh and so um, yeah, I was like about to lose hope and then I got invited to this meeting and then I was given a full team to like make my vision come true that like, um, it was a bunch of, um, uh, ladies that knew about the things that I didn't know about, mm-hmm. um, in terms of bylaws and all logistics and yeah. grants and stuff like that. It takes a, takes a team to do that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we did great for like the short amount of time we put it together in mm-hmm. like a, a month basically. Wow, that's pretty good. And yeah, yeah. And yeah. then for the so and then we had planned to do two dates. 
Um, and the first date was the expo part of the event with with musicians, <laughs> with with musicians, uh, <laughs> dude. And, Come on, uh, man. We can only hold this shit for so long, bro. <laughs> the paparazzi have arrived. That's right. Sorry, guys. The paparazzi came in for a minute. They had to get a shot of Juan. They were like, "Oh, we heard Juan's here." Yeah. So we had to sneak in. Um, and uh, so so we had like a part of it. One day was the expo part of it, which had music, tents with. Uh, sustainable businesses and like um, people that just wanted to showcase what they're doing sustainably in the city. Mm -hmm. um, and then the other part was the parade part of it. Okay, so cool. so the first Friday we got uh, 300 people out. Yeah. And then the next Friday we got almost a thousand people out. Oh, wow. So, so for me, that was like confirmation. Like this it's is amazing, like, man. This is, this is kind of what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm like the merging between arts and a good cause which has always been a part of protests there's always been music right like it's mm. like act sometimes it's after the protest where that protest music comes out from mm -hmm. the movement yeah but it true. happens right like yeah, 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 yeah. because it's a i think it's an, an integral part of it yeah of change right is to incorporate more art yeah because that's part of our problem mm -hmm. is our brains don't think about being art being important yeah, definitely. Right. Yeah, so so yeah, no, and, and so what was interesting was at that point, um, musically, um, even though maybe some people might have not noticed, like or like even known, like mm -hmm. I was a bit intimidated to play with other musicians because like I didn't know a lot about music. Mm -hmm. I was just kind of faking it till I made it. Kind well, you're of one of those self-taught folks, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, and like I still don't know a lot, <laughs> but the thing but was. You like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but but the thing was, um, I I started to understand music mm -hmm. from a different perspective, and like started to make it more and more accessible for other even other musicians to like just like follow along. So mm -hmm. like, um, even though COVID happened and there was like a big part where like we all questioned our purpose and like mm -hmm. our. Um, in the universe yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The, for sure what we is truth <laughs> what is yeah. life and we still have not settled on any good answers <laughs> yeah right like yeah 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 um and so through that time i like my music started to like take a a different turn in terms of like becoming more accessible to musicians mm -hmm. other musicians that i could just like walk up to and be like this is how it goes. This is this is like the other part, and then boom, we're like jamming. Yeah. Um, just because they know more than yeah. I do, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they can follow. Yeah. Um, so it's always um, amazing to me what can happen um, with musicians that really know what they're doing, mm -hmm. and then one that just kind of has a vision. <laughs> yeah, totally, man. Yeah, yeah, but it's amazing because you have a vision and a passion, you can make up for a lot of things, right? Like mm -hmm. and. The lack of experience might not be as much of a hindrance when you have a great creative vision, right? Yeah, and, yeah, and, and so things things kind of balance out there. Yeah, and and I've had like other places in my life where like that's been confirmed too. Like mm -hmm. um, right now, I'm also managing a dispensary, and okay, uh, right and that when I got that promotion, I didn't have the managing experience that I required to <laughs> yeah. to, to get the promotion. Um, but it's just a matter of showing up, mm -hmm. I think. Um, and doing the work and like if you pr 
produce mm-hmm. work that makes people feel good like um yeah and like kind of um yeah you're if you're providing a good service that's kind of what it, what matters at the end of the day yeah. regardless of what area you're working in for sure and like yeah. you can learn anything yeah like some some people yeah. are just like you can just kind of go into something that you've never done and but part of that is believing that even though you're in over your head you can still do it yeah right because and I, being and, over your head's a good thing yeah i think yeah, I always and I always found like myself drawn to those people in history. Yeah, that made things happen without having degrees. Any like, idea how to do it? Yeah, yeah. And they just made it happen. <laughs> yeah. Like, like yeah. the these people that like the Beatles, the Rolling Stones, Led Zeppelin were like covering. Mm-hmm. They didn't have like mm-hmm. um, they just classical music. music, like yeah. you know, knowledge. But they were making things that made people feel something. Yeah. And that, yeah, just like really stuck with them. So mm-hmm. I think that, yeah, that's so that's kind of where where it's gone. And now, um, yeah, I've been um, playing shows at different bars uh, in the city after COVID. Um, right now, I've, I guess, kind of becoming a regular at King's Head. And the school- when do you play there normally? Uh, at least once a month. Okay. Um, I'll do like a, like two sets of 45 minutes. Okay. Um, and then also at Scooby J's. Okay. Yeah. Right on. Uh, cause I, I, that was one of the first uh, places where I started to get booked at like yeah. officially getting paid. <laughs> nice, man. Um, must feel good though as an artist, then, right? To actually get paid for doing what you love. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Cause like, I also didn't realize, uh, that. Because I was used to going to the same places for like mm-hmm. open mics and connecting with artists and stuff. Um, like sometimes, a lot of times actually, like artists don't get compensated for mm-hmm. like the service they provide um, yeah. in uh, providing entertainment for the establishment, right? Mm-hmm. Well, because um, the establishment will use whoever they can use and grind you up like a like into dust, right? Like that's, yeah, and and yeah. so like it was crazy, like when one of these big hubs for artists and music started mm-hmm. to charge cover, not just to like people, like, you know, regular civilians, but also the artists. Oh, really? Yeah, and so that that really like, kind of put some people off and like they- I like, see why, I, man. Yeah, and, uh, and yeah, so um, then kind of moving away from sort of the, those places and like that stuff, it just so happened that like um, I happened to walk into uh, Scuba Jays actually one time mm-hmm. and uh, uh, a buddy that I know from the music scene here in Calgary like recognized me and was like, hey, Juan, come play a song. And mm-hmm. so I was like, man, I just sat down, really? Like yeah. <laughs> I haven't even taken a sip of my drink. <laughs> and I was like, okay. Because yeah. uh, then I got peer pressured, not just by him, but by the bartenders. Of course, <laughs> and then you had to do it. And and so I played one song, and they loved it. And they're mm-hmm. like, "You should get on the list here for like the the rotation that they got going." Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how I started to cool. yeah, get officially booked. Yeah. Here. So if you're looking yeah. to find out like some of Juan's music before he plays the show in March here, check it out. Mm-hmm. Check out Scooby Jays and. Uh, King Eddie. King's Head. King's Head, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just uh, like recently reopened because it was closed and I, mm. 
Yeah, I used to, like, it's it's still a hub for, like, a lot of really good acts, actually. Okay. And, like, I fa- also found out the first time that I got booked there because I started to tell people, and they were like, oh, no way, I used to love that place. Yeah. Uh, but it just closed down for a bit, I think, also, like, because of COVID mm. and yeah. whatnot. Right on. So is there a place people can find your music online or? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Right on. So I'm on every platform and what you'll find online is like some of my earlier stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm like trying to release some of the stuff that um, I've been performing the last two years. Because, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, it's like that's one of the most difficult parts for me. Like um, the producing mm-hmm. and uh, like releasing Doing side of all it. of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, like, the creating part of it, it just comes so naturally. Mm-hmm. I just, like, sometimes have to, like, place boundaries on myself almost because, like, there's only enough time and, like... Yeah. Yeah. Totally, man. So, I think that's why I like the podcast so much is because I don't have to do anything but talk and Darcy does all the work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm... It's my favorite part of my job is this, right? It's probably because Darcy does all the work. <laughs> he does all the hard work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, and, and that's kind of the, the point where I'm at, like, trying to shift from, like, trying to do it all myself to yeah. um, starting to work with people to help me. Right on, man. Yeah, I'm so. glad you're doing that, because, like, mm-hmm. eventually that'll make it, you'll free you up to do more creative stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and, Definitely. Because I know that's what it does for me, right? Like, yeah. it helps me with other parts of this job I have to do, right? Like, mm-hmm. I, I have to do, but get to do. Like, mm-hmm. the counseling part, the working with other groups and stuff, like... That stuff's amazing, but the podcasting is obviously the easiest part because Darcy does the work. So it's kind of like that trade-off, right? Like I get to have a little holiday and talk to people that are awesome, like yourself, and then Darcy has to do all the work, <laughs> do all the editing and all the all that, and deal with all the internet. And then when it doesn't work, he has to deal with me messaging him. I'm like, hey man, what happened to the podcast? <laughs> I'm like, hey, dude, you know it's Wednesday, right? Yeah, and he'll be like, ah. Oh. <laughs> but it's nice having somebody to work with, man. Like, it just takes Definitely. a lot of pressure off, right? Like, yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure, yeah, yeah, because it, it helps a lot, especially um, if you get somebody that has like a similar vision, right? Like mm-hmm. someone who's kind of understands um, what what it is we're trying to do, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and that's always been Darcy. Like, he's all it's it's just so important. That's why I'm stressing it, right? Like, getting people to help is important. Yeah, yeah, and and yeah. I think that that's like a great point because like in any case, like when you're trying to get anything done, yeah, you know, and like especially like change, you yeah. know, um, and transforming um, aspects about you culture. know our culture, yeah. living spaces, yeah. uh, different contexts in our you know the structures that we've made in mm-hmm. this reality. So it yeah. like. It takes yeah. a community, right? Exactly. Like, yeah. 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 And so, yeah, every time with there's more people, it gets easier and yeah. better yeah, a lot of the times, too. Well, because then you get more ideas. Like, the yeah. more brains you have around the table, the more ideas you get to, like, build on, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Because it's like, it's it was funny. Like, I've had a few moments when I started to book get, get booked and paid that I was like, am I really getting paid to, to just myself and like my guitar mm-hmm. to just stand there and like make noise and like say some things. And, uh, and I'm like, damn, like I could really like, I, cause I've played with full bands now and like, yeah. I'm like with a full band, it's like a whole vibe. Yeah. Um, a right? totally different vibe. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. like, it just adds so, so much. Oh, for sure um, it does. Um, 
but also it's really cool to realize oh just this dude doing this by myself mm -hmm. is still enough to like make people like still get a lot of the vibe totally man and uh well you're like a vibe though right like you are like a vibe man like if, <laughs> if so you're in the kensington store yeah right uh what's the store name Cacabana. okay yeah. So if you want to go in and check and bug one, you should do that for sure. Like if you, and check them out, talk to them about music and of course about cannabis, because I imagine you're a wealth of information. Yeah. yeah. Um, just a wealth of information about it. So um, yeah, thanks, man. And sorry, mm -hmm. I kept looking at the time only because we have a thing at one upstairs. That's, okay, that's yeah. why I was looking. I wasn't like, I'm not texting yeah. anybody while we're talking. Like that's No, no, yeah. No, no, um, I, I, yeah, no, I understand the implications of time like i have yeah i have a hard time with time sometimes mm -hmm. <laughs> to well, be honest but well, and as you're talking about music man like i could see having a hard time with t time because of being a musician because music actually allows us to feel time right mm. like it allows me to feel time when i'm like when i get home and i shut all the lights are off and it's winter and it's dark and i have led zeppelin playing man that's a whole thing, man. Mm -hmm. Like, that's just the whole thing. You just, no other noise, just Zeppelin. Yeah. Right? Feeling that vibe of the music. And then there's moments when it slows you down, right? Yeah. And, yeah. and you can almost feel like a time stop for a minute. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You can lose track of time, like, and, and it can help you process things, too. 100%. So, like, that, yeah, that's another thing that I, like, realized also um, doing the last performances that I, I've been doing because, like, doing two 45 minute sets mm -hmm. in a, like in a row like with a little break in between um like it, it might not seem like a lot but mm -hmm. like if you like actually like ask most people to do that they'll be like holy fuck like i didn't realize how like daunting that kind of feels like to be yeah. on the spotlight for mm -hmm. like almost two hours mm -hmm. right like um so that's a strange feeling right yeah no and it's it's really interesting too because uh to fill that time i've mm -hmm. been like kind of uh changing up the sets and like drawing from the archives and uh there's this one song called um defining love mm -hmm. um that is really really about questioning like how we've been told we should look at love mm -hmm. Because this has also been like a huge theme in my life. Like, okay. what what is actual love? You know, mm -hmm. we like to talk about like uh, love is this, love is that. Like the church says, love is like mm -hmm. this way. The state says yeah, that, that love that is that a love legal is, binding document. Love, love is this way. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah. there's uh, like a yeah. bunch of you know yeah. like all kinds of opinions on what love is. Um, there's a whole fucking spectrum, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, and and yeah. so and I. I feel like a lot of those have also um, kind of shaped how we yeah. we cool. see reality because for love sure. is such an essential thing for us to to feel connected to mm -hmm. ourselves and to our community. Yeah. So and and if you're told like this is how it's supposed to be and you're you don't fall within that range, you're like naturally. So am I just like a failure? A, a, not part of the tribe like yeah. just like an outsider like so that's yeah so i've always you know like um connected to all kinds of um people on the fringe because yeah. of that and i have mm -hmm. i have a lot of appreciation for all kinds of 
parts of uh, subcultures and like all these things. Right that, on, man. Yeah. Yeah. Same here, dude. Like that's. Yeah. I think that some of us were just born there to be with the fringe, right? And mm-hmm. and to experience life from the fringe. I just think I do. I think it's just as natural for people to be born into normalcy. It's also just as natural for us not to be. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. I think it's just a part of evolution. Yeah, I yeah. agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. But you have to believe there's evolutions possible in order to believe that we can evolve. Well, I had to experiment on myself to prove it to myself. <laughs> okay. Yeah. How did you do I, that? Um, <laughs> I'm curious. I, I feel like I've I've healed a bunch of uh, mm. stuff within myself, and I'm still kind of you know working on work in progress. Yeah, work in progress. Yeah. Um, yeah, and a lot had to do with uh, how I viewed love as well. Okay. Yeah. So you came from heartbreak. So heartbreak had... I just always saw people, like, uh, don't get me wrong, like, there's been very great role models mm-hmm. of relationships throughout my life. Of course, I yeah. love my parents and how much they've grown throughout their relationship as well. But, like, I grew up seeing people complain about marriage and, like, mm-hmm. make jokes about how marriage was the worst and, like... Um, just how yeah um being in relationship was like uh like both a really good thing but also like dreadful thing yeah and like uh people fighting and like arguing and stuff right um yeah the potential for such beauty and such like darkness right so so for me like i remember just growing up and being like what's the point but you know like there's a point where you're like why is this person making me feel the way i'm feeling Mm -hmm you know um and then yeah um it's all science man yeah but then when i looked at the science i'm like i don't even know if we're meant to be monogamous like animals and like not if you ask like me beings. man yeah not if you so ask me. so that's another place where like i never felt like i fully felt like i fit into what love mm. was supposed to be um and then i had a like a few relationships that like really challenged my mm. idea of love and then like reshaped it, like helped yeah. me grow a bunch, but also showed me what love wasn't mm-hmm. um, as well. And like, yeah. Um, yeah, and then so like I had a like a four year monogamish. Monogamish, I like that. <laughs> relationship. All my monogamish relationships, that's how they could be described. <laughs> monogamish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because like uh, we place some boundaries surrounding our relationship, mm-hmm. but also it wasn't completely closed. We just had conversations about it when it needed to open up, happen kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but I also found like, um, that it wasn't quite like I didn't realize it at the time but I was like afterwards I was like oh this isn't it and it was mm-hmm. also because like after after that I met an even more amazing person that I was like holy shit this is more what I feel mm-hmm. like is um, more in alignment mm-hmm with with my heart and my soul well and the more you get to know yourself the more you get to know what is in alignment with you yeah that's why it could change so quickly right is because as you're evolving you might not know you've evolved until all of a sudden you know yeah yeah so it was really interesting experiencing like the amount of freedom uh with that specific partner the last one i mentioned just because 
um, yeah, it made me realize like, wow, like not only do I get to fulfill my sense of freedom, but I found someone so special, mm -hmm. so in alignment with so many aspects of myself mm -hmm. that I also see the, the importance of having like a, uh, like a more primary yeah. kind of partner mm -hmm. and more committed, like yeah. uh, intentional partnership too. Yeah. Um, and, uh, well, I think the partnership can be just about anything if it's intentional, right? Like it could be made up of all kinds of details, but so long as the people are intentional. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. but that's also where it becomes really interesting because yeah. we all have our own, um, stories that mm -hmm. we were born into. Yeah. Right. So that, that unfortunately sometimes get in, gets in the way of mm -hmm. how we can show up as love. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, man. So love what a good subject man <laughs> yeah it's a deep one though hey yeah like, yeah, yeah for sure because i don't think so. i don't think i felt that kind of thing for another person in a long long time man right mm -hmm. like a long long time and so like it, it's been it's one of those things that as i get older and now that i'm like approaching my 50 my 50 bean it's yeah. like yeah i look at that way differently now man i'm like mm -hmm. Like mm. real, for me, real love has changed. The idea of that, obviously, sure. it's changed yeah. from that when I was younger and, and, and writing poetry and fawning over women and, and boys and all those things, right? And, yeah. and then something happened along the way. And it was like, okay. It just started to shave down what love kind of really looks like. Uh -huh. And it's not any of the gimmicky shit that I thought it was. Yeah, no, yeah. There, was, there was a really uh, good quote um i think uh, his name is gabriel oh what's his name? uh kilbran gabriel caban uh yeah super big on social media has crazy hair um very very wise man you know what i'm, who I'm talking about i forget his last name uh, but i think um what did he write did he write the prophet the book or not the prophet the um are you thinking, oh, you're thinking of uh, Gabor Mate. Yeah. Gabor Mate. Gabor Mate. I knew, as soon as you said the hair, I was like, nah, Gabor Mate. And, <laughs> I, yeah, and Galil Kilbrand's dead, so I was like, yeah. no, it can't be him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So one of my favorite quotes that I learned this past year, actually, was something that I heard him say. Um, and it was, and I'm paraphrasing here mm -hmm. because... Uh, so I had something to do with the fact that like um, you want to be disillusioned. Mm -hmm. Like disillusionment is a good thing. Mm -hmm. People are like, oh, you're disillusioned. It's like, like as a bad thing. It's like mm -hmm. the opposite is living in illusions. Yeah. And that's what people like is their illusions, man. So, so yeah. that's what's really interesting because yeah. like I find like what you just said has happened to me as well in mm -hmm. terms of how I... I see a lot of things in the world, a lot of things uh, regarding love mm -hmm. um, and relationships. But at the end of the day, it's also made, made me more grounded and more mm -hmm. um, aware of how I can actually mm -hmm. show up as love, how, how I can actually show up as an agent of change mm -hmm. in the world as well. Um, because I'm, 
I'm disillusioned. I'm mm -hmm. like, I'm living in reality, man. Yeah. Like, it's well, not... in reality, <laughs> dude, it's disillusioning, man. Yeah. <laughs> but but the thing is, like, once you get down to it, like, yeah. you you start to be like, okay, so there's actual system, like, parts of the systems that we build that we can actually use mm -hmm. to create change. Yeah. You know, because, like, a lot of people also see, like, don't get me wrong, protests are great, mm -hmm. but there's actually Necessary. also parts of the system that, like, as citizens... Uh, we have the right mm -hmm. to use those specific parts of the system appropriately mm -hmm. to make change happen. And a lot of people aren't even educated about how to make th these things happen in, mm -hmm. in society. They're just like, oh, I guess we showed up to the protests and nothing happened. And it's like, well, did you try and go about it also legally? Like mm -hmm. this thing that's happening with... Uh, South Africa, right? Mm -hmm. Like they're they're suing Israel, yeah. uh, for war crimes. war crimes, right? And they're using actual systems that exist yeah. to make something happen. Yeah. And that's they they they've been they're like so disillusioned that they're like willing to we, do it. We can't yeah. rely on illusions anymore. No, we have to use reality. That's right. And reality is this is a fucking war crime. Yeah, that's the reality. Yeah, nobody else wants to say it. Because we're in the West, and the West is all Israel, right? So, mm -hmm. so, and it doesn't matter what they do, because they're using our weapons and our bombs mm -hmm. and our money and our all, all these things, right? And our, our humans, because yeah. we also have troops probably over there. Yeah. Probably special forces, right? Like doing stuff that we'll never know about until 10 years go by. And then they'll declassify it. And then we'll find out that, yeah, our special forces were killing babies too, right? Like, mm -hmm. And then they'll just expect us to take it and be okay with it. Because you know why? They're brown babies, mm -hmm. right? And this wet North America has absolutely no issue with that one whatsoever, right? Mm -hmm. And it's obvious that we don't, right? Like, our governments don't care. Like, or they would do something different. They would be like South Africa. Stand up and say, yeah. you know what? I'm disillusioned by this. Yeah, because that's, that's, that's the reality. 100%. You know, we can, we can get ourselves caught in, like, the, the words, mm -hmm. the you know, things that people do to create these illusions of uh, freedom and, like, being, like, agents of peace and, like, change and all yeah. this stuff, you know, that uh, oftentimes governments try to paint to us. Mm -hmm. But what is the actual reality? And yeah. that's, that's where being disillusioned becomes a great, great thing. And to me, that's where artists become so valuable. Like, mm. I believe artists are always valuable, but in this culture of ours... This is where artists could become really valuable now, mm -hmm. is because now we have the we have the means to share thousands of artists as opposed to just one. We have the means to look at what are a thousand artists across the planet doing together, right? Like if there's nothing, why aren't they doing something together? Mm -hmm. Because all of this stuff is like South Africa is taking a stand that is really, from my mind, is like an artistic stand. It mm -hmm. is like we are not gonna take this bullshit anymore. You guys are not going to fucking tell us this lie, and we're not going to drink the Kool-Aid. Yep. Like we're done, right? Mm -hmm. And to me, that's what artists do. That's an artist's job, is to say, hey, I'm not drinking your Kool-Aid, so suck it, right? Mm -hmm. Like, Because here's what I think of your shit, yeah. right? And doing it in a way that is like maybe palpable for some and not for others, right? I get that. When you're thumping your foot and like clapping that's right. your hands. That's right, <laughs> And dude. you're like, wait, what am I saying? And then, and then it just happens to be something great. That's right, man. You know, because that's the power of it. Yeah, yeah totally. Mm. Man. Well, dude, I really appreciate you coming on. 
And I want to tell you, now that we started talking about love, I just want to keep talking. Mm. We do have to go upstairs. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, no worries. Yeah, it's such a bummer, dude. Well, we'll do another one sure. after the show in March. We'll have you come back on, man. Because literally, I'm going to be thinking about this conversation about love now, mm-hmm. like for, for probably a while. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. know. And there's like, there's definitely a part of my music that is like definitely all about change, but mm-hmm. a lot of it is also about love. Well, because so. love is the power that's necessary for change. Man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. For positive change. And anyway. compassion. And yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Right on. Thank you, dude. Yeah, thank Appreciate you for having me.